I like origami dicks. Alright, welcome to another Indecorous Podcast. Purveyors of fat, forest, and fucked up history join in this futile quest for knowledge. Have a laugh, learn a fact, and try out all our super safe and decorous life hacks. As always, we have Carlos. I'm here. Bobby. Yo. And today our special guest, comedian Tom Hand. Thanks, guys. And I'm Ian. I'll be your drunk driver through this collision course of nonsense. Alright, our lead topic this week. They say if you lock 10 monkeys in a room with a typewriter for a year, they will inevitably create a literary masterpiece to rival Shakespeare. Well, one bored Indian man set to try a similar experiment, but it kind of went a slightly different direction. So Bobby's got the headline right here. The Indian man in question was an occultist, and when he failed to procure enough monkeys or typewriters, he settled for seeing if he could turn just one bad monkey into the most deadly killing machine monkey of all time. Well, that, that, that took quite a turn. This went from yeah. like replicating Shakespeare to now he's turning a monkey into a hitman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Forget writing. How about violence instead? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's uh, like, ah, I can't write Hamlet, so let me just recreate Planet of the Apes. The <laughs> Gibbon gangster. Yeah. <laughs> After failing to create Shakespeare, Kalua the monkey. See, that, that's problem number one. Yeah, yeah. First of all, because uh, he sounds delicious. <laughs> Kalua the monkey was fed a strict diet of nothing but liquor and monkey meat, presumably as punishment. When his owner finally died, Kalua was left with nothing to drink and an appetite for violence. So he fed <laughs> monkey meat to the monkey. That's just cruel, dude. Yeah, Because it it's not like that's the easy. I mean, well, all right. I've never been to India. But I'm assuming that's not just the easiest meat to find. Like, he could have easily fed him cat. I mean, maybe <laughs> that was what he asked for. Isn't that step one on getting us to COVID-20? <laughs> <laughs> step two is fucking the monkey, obviously. But step one is feeding a monkey. <laughs> a monkey. <laughs> monkey can't I guess that's like, yeah, We were assuming he was trying to turn this monkey into, like, a violent killing machine. But he can just be an even more deadly killing machine just by creating a new virus. Yeah, dude. This is this is the sickest form of biological warfare I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So Kalua the monkey was rescued and put in the Kampur Zoo, where he went on a complete rampage after being weaned off of hard liquor and monkey meat. He bit <laughs> 250 people in a three-year period and killed one person. And to this day, he has a vehement aversion to vegetables. Despite all of this, he was still left to live a somewhat normal monkey life at the zoo until what some other bad monkeys did right up the road. Maybe he was just mad he didn't have a more badass liquor name, like 151 the monkey or something. <laughs> you know, if, if they would have read my personal Tumblr, they would have known about this because that's how my <laughs> that's how my mind went after I was weaned off a of hard liquor and monkey meat too. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, this just sounds like the story of Tom Hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, like I've only... Had a bad come down one time from like LSD, but I only bit like two people from that. I mean, 100, 250, <laughs> shit, that's insane. I mean, they just let him keep going? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. they didn't quarantine him or anything? No, he's only bit 249. It's not like he's going to bite one. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's yeah. no pattern of behavior here. 
Just because there's 249 bad cops doesn't mean that they're all bad. <laughs> all monkeys are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what was this occult? I mean, the, the owner was in some crazy occult. I mean, that sounds like, you know, monkey cannibalism. I'm not one to dig religion generally, but I mean, I might have to sign up for this, dude. This sounds pretty fancy. I like to think that this guy was the Indian Chris Angel. <laughs> <laughs> this was his ultimate trick. Monkey freak. <laughs> In the nearby city of Marut, free-roaming monkeys barreled into the campus of a medical college and stole coronavirus-positive blood samples. Both the monkeys and positive COVID samples are currently unaccounted for. But to protect humanity from Planet of the Apes type of situation, Kalua the monkey has now been locked up indefinitely. I thought he, like, led the charge. <laughs> so, oh, dude, thought, he totally would. I thought where they were going with this is that they were going to free Kalua to get the monkeys that stole the COVID. <laughs> Get yeah, Kalua dude. on the case of the monkeys that stole the COVID. Yeah, I mean, this dude, is really just... closely following the plot of the Planet of the Apes remake. That is really funny. Yeah, right? yeah, I think we got rickrolled on this story, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like almost a parody of itself because this is like a straight-to-DVD bad sci-fi movie, right? Is the next paragraph about how Mark Wahlberg is involved in all this? <laughs> no, no, dude, that, that's it. That's, that's the, the hard end of the story right there. So we, the listeners, don't really know what happened. We know that Kalua was put into solitary confinement out of fear of what may happen, given that he's clearly the alpha <laughs> in the monkey universe. And some nah, evil monkeys next door stole the COVID virus. They just were like, fuck it. I've seen enough bad horror movies and sci-fi movies to know Game over if we let this continue. This dude goes to solitary. If we don't write this script, somebody else will, man. It'll be they put Kalua in quarantine or they locked him up and he's like, listen, man, you need me right now. I was born for this. I fucking eat monkeys. Literally. <laughs> go out and fucking get all the fucking COVID monkeys, man. Fucking Kalua is our last chance, man. He's our last resort. In the carceral system, free Kalua. <laughs> yeah, hashtag free Kahlua. That might be misinterpreted, but still, let's do hashtag free Kahlua. <laughs> I thought we were going to get to the next paragraph, and it turns out that the medical college was also built on an ancient burial ground or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that would make perfect sense. You know, there's a little known fact, but all of the country of India is built on ancient Indian burial grounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I can see it. I can see it. Our next story is one for criminal justice fans that just want to see a little justice and love little anecdotal stories. So Carlos has the headline here. First of all, I want to say that that Indian burial ground joke was fucking gold. <laughs> it did not get the appreciation it did deserve. That is fucking gold. Anyway. Oh, I thought you said cold. <laughs> well, it's cold, but also gold. Like you were trying also to distance gold. yourself from the comment. Like, I might just not release this episode so I can steal that joke and, and pretend. <laughs> All right, so pedophile dwarf, and is there any other kind, really? Come on. <laughs> pedophile dwarf spared jail because he is too short. A UK man with dwarfism. Can we still say that? Dwarfism? Yeah, dude. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to cover my bases. And with little personism... <laughs> and special needs was arrested recently after hitting on a bunch of teenagers on Facebook and asking them for sexy time photos. I guess Crystalia looks a lot bigger in person or something. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess it, on TV adds seven feet or six feet. <laughs> I kid, Crystalia. I kid. We're great friends. Rest in peace. This might be an unpopular opinion, but dwarfism and special needs. Can we cut the guy a break? He probably had no idea what he was fucking doing. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I can see why you caveated that with this might be an unpopular opinion that guy's life is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I have to do that in, in 2020. Like, oh, my caveat is, oh, this might be a completely rational opinion, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, surprised at many... this because this is supposed to be Gen Z, this teenagers that he's sending shit to, and I can't believe they didn't just respond with a bunch of sexy clock photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they just, they're just like, hey, here's my Instagram already. Yeah, I can see the confusion, though. If there's like a little urban teen and she's got the name Little as her tag, Little whatever her name is, then maybe he made the honest mistake, right? I mean, he's thinking, oh, a little person. I'm going to send her some hookup lines and shit. And she was just a teenager with a little tag. It does say Facebook specifically, and you can see their age on Facebook. Well, yeah. that's, that's actually where I was going with it. I'm going to reserve judgment on this because he's saying he's hitting on teenagers on Facebook. How many fucking teenagers are left on Facebook these days? It's just old people, <laughs> fucking senior citizens. Like, if he's hitting on a teenager on Facebook, it's some fucking dude from Nigeria that's pretending to be a <laughs> Does this story know that the teenagers he was hitting on on Facebook are all centurion teenagers? They're all 113. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the plot thickens. The plot thickens. So Bobby's got this next one here. According to reports, he had an odd game. His opening to one of the teens was, I will fuck you for your birthday present. And he showed his British colors in another pickup line as he wrote a 13-year-old, Yo, you fit bird, you want to fuck? Luckily, his pickup game didn't kill with the teens and lead to child abuse, so he was only charged with soliciting child porn. All right, I was wrong about this guy. I just want to say that. <laughs> Get that on the record. Yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah, he doesn't even sound retarded. I think he was bullshitting after he got arrested. Yeah, like people kept seeing his pickup lines like, those are fucking retarded. And he was like, yeah, 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 that's, that's it. I'm retarded. I'm that's, retarded. What, that's what's going on. I mean, uh, what, what kind of sane person would think that, uh, that I'll, I'll fuck you for your birthday present line would ever work? <laughs> Plus, we've all seen a few dwarfs here and there. We're like, you know, you can't really tell if uh, maybe they are retarded. There, right. Yeah, it's hard to tell. The dwarf claimed to police he thought the girls were over 16 and fit as fuck, but he later pleaded guilty to the two counts of attempting to solicit child porn. In an odd move, the judge took pity on the man, saying the defendant is both small in stature and emotionally inadequate. He would have a, quote, very hard time in prison, unquote. Which, it's weird for a judge to bring up cock like that in the courtroom. But I get yeah, it. that's right. Like, you, know how, you know how they do in the UK. Yeah. I, I like, though, that he got caught and one of his excuses was, dude, she's fit as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Ian got this from the transcripts of the trial. Yeah, he just doubled Look. down. There was some punishment for the man. He was put on a curfew between 9 p.m. and 7 a.m. and forced to register as a sexual predator. So at least he got a little bit of justice. Double entendre. Oh, oh a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, so what do you guys think? Did the punishment fit the crime, or was the judge too lenient on him, or how, how would you guys have liked to have seen this happy ending? I want to know what he's doing between 7 a.m. and 9 p.m. now. <laughs> Is it like he can't fuck kids during the day? Is that a... <laughs> it's 
British law, so God knows what the fuck they do. I mean, if fit as fuck is a mitigating circumstance, then God knows what else is. <laughs> I like that apparently all that kept him from fucking the kids is that just he had bad pickup lines, is the implication <laughs> here. Like, yeah, apparently, if he, had, if he had more game, he would be smashing that shit. Can't yeah. block himself, yeah. All right, so I guess from that life hack of becoming a dwarf to avoid jail time, moving on to our indecorous life hacks of the week. Each week, we scrape the bowels of the internet to find the most amazing life hacks for those brave enough to dare. So set your moral compasses south and join us for the special edition of Unethical Life Hacks. All right, so Bobby's got us on this first one here. You can substitute floss in the morning with eating out a hairy girl. We've all been there, right? No. Yeah. No. No. I got, I got, I got one yes. I've got one no. Tom to break the tie. <laughs> I abstain. <laughs> I'm guessing this wasn't as much of a life hack in the '70s, right? Because it was just automatic. Everyone had clean teeth all the time, dude. I mean, yeah, that's pearly a, that's, fucking whites. Gentlemen, I have to challenge you on that. I don't think it's an unethical life hack. I think it's a completely ethical life hack. I think the person who wrote that is very concerned with sea turtles' noses, and he doesn't like the little <laughs> plastic things that we all use to floss with now. And he's like, look, just do it organic. Get yourself a hairy girl. An environmentalist, you would say. That's a super ethical life hack. So you're saying going green to go down. That could be the tagline, I guess. Or going down to go green, rather. I mean, I'm pretty sure your teeth are going to go green, too, if you keep following this life hack. I yeah. think... Honestly, if you did it in the 70s, it just wouldn't be a thing because everybody had hair down there. It's just now that you have to actually seek out somebody with the hair to be able to pull this shit off. Yeah, it's become a fetish now. <laughs> I, I dispute that, Carlos. I think if you live in Colorado, especially in the Denver area, you don't have to look yeah, very hard. That's true. There's certain areas. Asheville, North Carolina, Asheville. the same way. Austin, Texas, Portland. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Olympia, Washington. <laughs> that would be a hell of a way to find out that your girlfriend is cheating on you, though. It's like you found a piece of chicken in her pussy hair. <laughs> it's like, you, I've never, I haven't eaten the chicken in a week. Or I guess you can use it as a meal, I guess, if you're really hungry. All right. So Carlos can take us on this next one here. To get better seating for you and your family on Southwest... Tell the gate agent one of your kids is special needs. They will let you board early. And I guess they will just believe you? You just tell them that? Well, step one is make sure your kid's a little downsy looking. If he's ugly, if he's got a little goofy looking face, then this is your everyday hack. Get into Disney World, shorter lines, it cut in line pretty much anywhere. Well, it's okay. So you have to have that first. So basically, this yeah. is how... There's the life hack of how to turn your kid's deformities into uh, an advantage. Yeah, how did I exploit that? That's why this is unethical, because it's actually just step two of the process. Step one is have an ugly kid. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it'd be kind of funny if they brought you all the way to the back of the plane and, like, shut a curtain behind you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to disturb the other passengers. The real hack is tell them that you have a therapy kid. <laughs> Does that differ yeah. from a kid in therapy, I guess? Well, yeah, yeah, I've got an emotional support child right here. You got to put him in a cage. That's what, that's what they should tell you. No, that's in the back where the... Behind the curtain, the you just going, see yeah. what happens over there. Yeah. If you pay 15 cents, you get to see behind the curtain. <laughs> oh, it's the downsy kid back in the... 
That's one of the special features Southwest have now. It's like a fucking carnival. Let's be fair. If they had a seat in the back that had a curtain that went around it, every comedian would buy that seat. (laughs) I believe it. Monetize being a preemie. If you always come too fast, you can turn your pathetic dick game into internet fame. Just rig up a Rube Goldberg machine with lots of extravagant gears, pulleys, and hamsters that in the end gives you a few quick strokes so that you can finish like a champ. Upload this shit to the internet and go viral with millions of views. I am going to need more explanation with this one. Yeah. I, right, I like guys. that they just threw Rube Goldberg machine out there. Like, we all have one somewhere in the closet. <laughs> all you right, know? so everyone's familiar with Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure opening sequence where there's all this crazy shit. It's like little pulleys and wheels and all this shit, and it just makes the Pop-Tarts or something in the end. There's dominoes, and then there's one little thing falling on top of another thing, and then at the end, a dude that's a fucking preemie fucking has a pocket pussy slapped to his dick, and then it just, another AA battery goes in there, and then in five seconds, well, bam, he comes. And he would get like a million likes on the internet from this. I like that you went all the way back to Pee Wee's Big Adventure when you could have said like, <laughs> okay, go, like yeah, any yeah. video from them or mousetrap the game. <laughs> Ian's references all involve people that have been caught masturbating in a quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was tasteful reference for that reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, are, those are his heroes. My bad. My bad. Just a really good guy, you know? But could you imagine if a Rube Goldberg machine porno video was out there and at the very end, this preemie dude just is able to, in 10 seconds, just power through and wha-bam, finish line? It'd probably be the most epic fucking porn of all time. Yeah, but only if it cleans up after him. Like, it couldn't just <laughs> stop when he came. It would have to actually, like... Yeah, it, it cleans up his cum after he ejaculates and then it wipes his tears after he starts crying. Like a Roomba <laughs> comes in the very last frame of the porn video, Roomba comes to save the day and clean all that shit up. I would love to meet the girl that has the patience to sit through this, just to get faith. I don't have. I don't know if I have that kind of patience to wait on a money shot. But what I will do is, if his money shot triggers the Rube Goldberg machine, that I'll fucking buy. <laughs> oh, dude, you reverse engineered the equation. It's like like one of those clown carnival games where you got to get it in the clown's mouth. Yeah, get it in the clown's mouth. That's one of. A, that's a category on Pornhub, I believe. <laughs> I, it's like that guy. Remember that Pornhub comment we got with a guy that fucking jizzed on a cockroach or, or a spider? Oh, a spider, a spider yeah. yeah. It's just like a jizz on the Rube Goldberg machine or, or whatever. Just jizz on the spider, which makes it climb the thing. And then, the you know, whatever, <laughs> everything else that happens. It's like dominoes, but with cum. Yeah, exactly. Cum dominoes, <laughs> uh, which you can get at our merch store. We'll be plugging that later. Yeah, dude. And Decker's merch is going online. <laughs> Take a picture of yourself every day or every week slowly getting fatter. And when you've reached a good heavy, post all the photos in reverse along with whatever diet or exercise plan you plan on selling. And then what? Just never go out in public ever again? Yeah, never be seen again. <laughs> just become a fucking recluse after that. Here's what you can do. Like, Listen, this is the solution. You do this though, right? And then you release your whatever the fuck you're selling. And then you tell them that you got cast on a remake of Raging Bull. (laughs) And Uh. this is how much you're committing to that role is that you put on suddenly 250 pounds and whatever. And they would view you as brave for that, right? The transformation is so brave. You'll be very brave for uh, getting chunky. And while I've got you uh, guys all here, I'd like to tell you about my new monkey meat diet. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so what's really fucked up about that unethical life hack is that is the reverse of what they actually do. What they do is they'll find amateur sports people, people who play like the minor leagues in baseball and play like semi-pro rugby and shit like that and who got injured, like broke their leg or something. And they've got to be off their feet for three or four months. And they'll come in and they'll pay them to eat a bunch of ice cream and get fat as fuck while they can't exercise. And then these type of people naturally will exercise the fuck out of themselves the second they get back on their feet and they'll lose all the weight. And then they'll go, it was... Miracle ungrow. Oh, wow, really? That's a, that's how they do that shit? Man, that's yeah. clever. Yeah, that's very smart. That's very smart. And here I just thought it was fucking Red Bulls and energy pills. Yeah, trucker speed. Cocaine! Cocaine. <laughs> Still doing tapeworms. Hey, everybody. Just another reminder that we're on all the social medias. Please follow us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash Comedy. Twitter at Pod. Instagram at Indecorous Comedy and YouTube and I'm not going to give you all that thing. You're going to have to fucking search that one. But we're on YouTube and Pornhub at Pornhub.com slash users slash Indecorous Comedy. We also want to give a special shout out to Lisa. She just pledged us some dough. We appreciate that, Lisa. Thank you. Love you, Lisa. Love you, Lisa. You know, we've told you this before, but you are the real MVP. Also, we have some exciting news that Ian's going to tell you about. Yeah, Yeah, super exciting times over here, guys. You didn't ask for it. You probably didn't even want it, but we've got Indecorous swag now. We finally launched our merch store, so we've got t-shirts. We've got the ladies' Indecorous t-shirts. We've got the gentlemen's Indecorous t-shirts. We've got some of your favorite catchphrases from the show, like Bobby's classic "Wife her up." Just check it all, check all that shit out. We've got all the fun sizes from fat to fit, from tall to small. What about fit as fuck? Do we have fit as fuck on there? Yeah, we got we, fit as fuck. We can't put every category in, but it's not just ladies and gentlemen. We also have shit for sluts, man whores, all kinds of indecorous people. <laughs> we are not limiting to just the ladies and gentlemen. We are an equal opportunity swag supplier for all the indecorous good people of the universe. And obviously, if you are one of our Patreon supporters at the upper levels, you get a discount on our merch. Yeah, dude, so we'll set all that shit up, put it on the website. So everything is going to be linked on our website, linked on this show's episode, and we're going to put social media links out there. So all this shit's out. If you want it, just take a look. It's out there. And what is our website link, Bobby? All right, that is... uh... It's uh, indecorouscomedy.com, right? About that level of confidence is what we kind of need to I, put no, up to. No, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't like... <laughs> I was kind of... You know, I didn't want to say cut. <laughs> but... It's cash app at Carlos Valencia. <laughs> Just send all your money to me. Bobby, tell us. Indecorouscomedy.com. That's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. Comedy.com. Perfect. Moving on to our main topic this week. A lot of comics may sum up their acts in a self-deprecating manner by saying they just do a bunch of dick jokes. Well, tonight we're going to talk about Gershon Legman, the man who basically dedicated his life to the dick joke. And this dude was a fan-submitted bit. So we never heard of him before this. So shout out to our man James 
for the topic. Yeah, appreciate it, James. Thank you, James. So Bobby can take us on this first one here. Gershon Legman was an American cultural critic and folklorist, best known for his books, The Rationale of the Dirty Joke and The Horn Book, Studies in Erotic Folklore and Bibliography. Born in Scranton, Pennsylvania in 1917 and eventually dropping out of rabbinical school, Legman moved to New York City, the world's capital of dick jokes. I just want to say that was a great marketing move to add studies in erotic folklore to The Horn Book. I don't think it would have sold as well if it was just called The Horn Book. (laughs) No offense to Horn fans. It was originally The Horn Dog, but... Yeah, that's right, The Horn Dog, yeah. And I like how he's rationalizing and justifying dirty jokes. Like, back then, that's what you had to do. Everything was very tongue-in-cheek. You couldn't just throw dick jokes casually like they do these days. Well, he's got to be writing this in, like, the 30s, right? So... If he would have just put out the horn book, there would have been a lot of goat enthusiasts pissed off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The subtitle is just to clarify it so he wouldn't get so much shit. He wouldn't get all the telegraphs from the goat lobby. (laughs) So in New York, he worked as an assistant to a sexological researcher. That was a thing. That's a thing. Sexological research. That sounds made up. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. Yeah, that's what, like, okay. And also as a clerk in the bookshop that was primarily in the business of publishing and selling contraband erotica. In the late 1940s, he became the editor of the famous beatnik magazine Neurotica. It described itself as a magazine written by neurotics for neurotics. So basically, Woody Allen minus the child-loving thing. I don't know about the minus the child loving thing. <laughs> you know, if they really want to commit to it, you got you to gotta add the child loving there too. <laughs> got to go full or nothing. I think we see in the title of that magazine why the beatniks faded out of history as quickly as they did. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were basically yeah. just hipster douchebags who didn't know what irony was. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout his career, Legman was an independent scholar with no institutional affiliation except for from the year 64 through 65 that he spent as a writer in residence at the UC San Diego University where he pioneered the serious academic study of erotic and taboo materials in folklore. Just in case you were wondering, if there was a less lucrative degree than theater or gender studies, you have Legman to think. If you one day find yourself shelling out 40000 a year for your kid to get a degree in erotic and taboo materials and folklore. So there's always fake degrees out here, women's studies. My lady friend well, was a major in art history. So it's just all these degrees. They're just basically bullshit degrees. Communications. Like- Engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Pharmacology. Was- all that shit. Physics. <laughs> I was just thinking, the, I mean, I'm not really that surprised that that's what he, I mean, the, the dude work as an assistant to a sexological researcher. Because I was just thinking, it's like, what is a less legit job than sexological researcher? Well, assistant to a sexological researcher. <laughs> it, it sounds like somebody that doesn't realize they've been taken advantage of. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm not sleeping with some fucking married dude. I'm a sexological maybe, researcher's assistant. Maybe he was a sub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sub. 
So what would that even be? If like if you're a person that jacks off to porn, you could technically say you're a sexological researcher. So your assistant is like what your cat that sits in the other room and gives you the evil eye. It could be anything almost. It's the robot at the end of the Rube Goldberg machine that comes and cleans up. Your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Though he spent most of his time thinking about sexuality and erotic folklore, Legwin was also an excellent storyteller. And realizing paper could be used for more than stories about sex, he was even a pivotal figure in founding the modern international origami movement. In 1955, he organized an exhibition of Akira Yoshizawa's origami at the I'm Gonna Fuck That Name Up Museum in Amsterdam. <laughs> I'm glad that this is, I'm glad this is what, this is what we like to do. We like to give the guests the hardest fucking words to say. <laughs> so then we can just call them racist for not being able to say Akira Yoshiwawa. My last and... name is Hand. I can fucking mess up Stedeljik or whatever <laughs> Dutch fucking word is there. <laughs> Listen, man, we all know it used to be Hansenberg, and you're just ashamed of your Jewish heritage. <laughs> if I was ashamed of my Jewish heritage, why would I still be doing comedy? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, you're using it to your advantage, actually. So Legman was an origami master, so he's probably had a gazillion paper cuts. So could you imagine how shitty it would be to like jack off, you got the lube going and then a million paper cuts? I mean, that shit would suck. So he probably pioneered some crazy sex toys or something too, I bet. Over under on whether the first origami sex thing he did was a dick or a pussy. <laughs> That's right. It's like, it was just a crane with a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. He just does all the normal ones, but just adds a fucking <laughs> to all of them. Just little triangular balls. <laughs> He does the little triangle football, but it's got a dick and balls hanging off of it. <laughs> yeah. He made the original truck nuts out of origami. <laughs> I want to know what origami was just so involved that it's, it's making its way into a museum. Yeah, especially the Museum <laughs> in Amsterdam. That's right. You got that right. That's how you pronounce that. <laughs> I'm just trying to learn you, Tom. In 1940, at age 23... Legman wrote Aura Genitalism, Part 1, Cunnilinctus, under the pen name Roger Max. Oh, wait, this is the guy that wrote Aura Genitalism, Part 1, <laughs> Cunnilinctus? Yeah, dude, same so why guy. Didn't you, why didn't you leave with, lead with that? You're burying the yeah, lead here. The, the, one, lead. the one and only. <laughs> I just can't believe he was only 23 when he wrote it. I thought he was at least 24. Yeah, you would, you would, at least, or 23 and a half. So, nearly all copies were seized by the police and destroyed in a raid. Still salty about the raid, in 1949, he published Love and Death, an attack on sexual censorship, arguing that American culture was permissive of graphic violence in proportion to, and as a consequence of, its repression of the erotic. Defund the police. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is our shout out to the BLM movement over here is by uh, giving you more reasons to hate the police. So this last point's interesting. In proportion to violence, there's sort of like a countermeasure against sexual repression. So if you have snuff violent kind of film, then your porn is going to be exponentially crazier. So is it kind of like you get a little bit of snuff film then you get a little bukkake or is it the other way around? Well, you know, there's been really... studies. There's been studies about this since then. What he was saying was that it looks like, anyway, that we will show you some of the worst violence of one person hurting another person, but then we won't show you a titty. So he's argu <laughs> basically arguing that the European model is better than the than the I don't know colonial model. What do we call us yeah. to ourselves? 
Idiots. I, I do think what you were asking is an interesting question. Like, if you repress it, if you're built on puritanical ideas, does your shit get more extreme yes. to fulfill your stuff? Like, yeah. the studies say kind of, yeah, that the places that have the most sexual repression are the places where some of the worst sexual crime happens at some of the largest rates. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this, like, smut to violence ratio and see how proportional it is, because eye for an eye or a titty for a bullet in the head. There seems to be some interesting paradoxes here. That's where I just jerk off to people getting shot in the head. <laughs> <laughs> a hole's a hole, bro. A hole's a hole, bro. Yeah, yeah, just say, yeah, exactly. You just fucking close that circle. I just do it so there's no controversy about it. <laughs> I'm sacrificing. I don't jerk off to ISIS videos because I want to. I'm doing it as a, to make a political point about violence and pornography. Like, hey, lady, would you cover up those ankles? I'm trying to behead this guy over here. Thank you. <laughs> this podcast is never going to come back and affect any one of us ever in the future at all. No, no, be... You should hear the previous episodes. <laughs> so he published and shipped the book himself, pissing off the U.S. Postal Service in the process, who stopped deliveries of the book due to the supposed quote, indecent, vulgar, and obscene content, unquote. Uh -oh. The book also included a chapter that attacked contemporary pre-code comic books as harmful to children for their celebration of violence, foreshadowing the latter crusade against the comic book industry dominated by Frederick Wortham. I like that we keep fucking dropping these names like everybody knows who these people are. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know the name of Frederick Wortham? Yeah. We actually did a, a podcast episode on him. Carlos is probably too drunk to remember this, but... Uh, oh, Sean. Yeah. That, Sean. That's yeah. usually the case. That's yeah. usually the case, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sean, our resident comic book expert, talked us through how this guy did a lot of censorship of violence back in the day because people were kind of pussies, kind of soft. Yeah, they're so soft they only became the biggest Antifa on the block and uh, killed... Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm leaving out the, 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 the minor details of it, but you know, <laughs> tomato, tomato, I say. So Legman's Beatnik magazine, Neurotica, had its fair share of controversy. Famous Beatniks like Allen Ginsberg and others helped the magazine push the envelope, but it was Legman who ultimately went too far by opining about castration way too much. Authorities Wait, is, is it Legman or Legman? Because Legman sounds kind of sexy, to be honest with you. I, 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 I like Legman because, I mean, I kind of can relate. I mean, I'll go with Legman. Yeah, dude. Call him Legman and I call him Spiderman. Can we just circle back to what is opining about castration too much? <laughs> yeah. Who draws the line there? I like to do it the appropriate amount, right. which is a lot. My yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 guys! I, I'd like to, I'd like to talk about castration, but I don't have the balls. <laughs> that's oh, the second time I've done that joke on this podcast. Oh, that's how you won stand-up comedy last year, isn't it? <laughs> that's why I won stand-up comedy in 2019. You know, if this oh, was an election about whether I wanted to talk about castration or didn't want to, I would castrate my vote. For talking. It sounds like a slur here. for like guys that have had their balls cut off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil is our protagonist leg man in this story. Unfortunately, had his little shit closed down shortly thereafter because 
Apparently, getting your dick cut off for fun didn't play as well in the 1950s as it does today. Wait, he cut his dick off? Yeah. No, no, he was opining about the finer points of castration. Uh, it may encompass, as we've discussed before, a ball snipping here, a full-fledged mangina there. It can go either way. Instructions unclear. My dick is now stuck in my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you imagine if you didn't give the explicit details to the surgeon? I just want the whatever vasectomy or whatever, and it's like you get the mangina instead. So castration rules have to be pretty specific, I'd imagine. There used to be on, what was it called? It was called BME. And for some reason, BME, as far as I knew, was Body Modification Extreme. But it was actually called BME Extreme, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like a, like ATM machine. Yeah. <laughs> or UC San Diego University. Yeah, I caught that too. <laughs> uh, so... This thing was online and it was kind of a magazine about people who did self body modification and people who got modification done. And there was all sorts of horrible shit, but there was uh, threads of people putting up their progress on doing things like self castration and other genital mutilations on themselves. Yeah, but wait, so what is this a, a magazine or a website or it's, it's a website magazine. Oh, Okay. I just want to point out, I'm looking at the text now that I sent Ian earlier. He went in and added the word university to UC San Diego. <laughs> UC San Diego, University of San Diego. In California. In California. Yeah. It's pronounced heads. <laughs> After his obscene magazine shut down, instead of getting a real job, he started selling rare erotica which wasn't exactly as simple as creating an eBay listing. Back then, you had to not only find somebody that collected that stuff, but hope they wouldn't turn you and your obscene material into the cops. ACAP, if they didn't <laughs> like your asking price. I got to give it to this guy, dude, because it really, like now, if you want to be a dealer in obscene or obscure porn, you could just do like a Google search or just, I mean, fucking, if you really want to take it to the extreme, go on the dark web. But this motherfucker actually had to find that shit. Yeah, there's no Beckett guide to rare erotica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no Michelin guide. Uh, in the 1950s, his smut peddling business slowed down, so he fled to France and started compiling dirty limericks and published his first volume of them in 1953, cleverly titling it The Limerick. Uh, 24 <laughs> years later, in 1977, he released another volume with an even better title, More Limericks. His Magnus... Opus was Rationale of the Dirty Joke, an analysis of sexual humor, which he followed up with, wait for it, Rationale of the Dirty Joke, an analysis of sexual humor, second series. He's just <laughs> killing the subtitle in this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. He should have just called uh, the other one Rationale of the Dirty Joke, an analysis of sexual humor, the revenge. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you can't say boogaloo anymore. Oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a slur now Canceled. <laughs> uh, he also inspired the name of the second sharknado movie what was the second shark this it is was, the podcast of me not getting any references yeah, it, was, I don't know it was it was called the second sharknado movie the second one Wait. the second sharknado it was like sharknado 2 the second one okay yeah. I, I like what you said first better <laughs> If that was really the title. It wasn't Sharknado 2 Origami Dicks. 
<laughs> All of a sudden, UC San Diego University doesn't sound as bad anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it was foreshadowing. I like origami dicks. <laughs> Man, that sounds like a fucking t-shirt right there. <laughs> that does. And by the way, if you check out our merch store, we'll have origami dicks. <laughs> that, that could be it. You got to draw it though, Carlos. I don't know how to do an origami dick drawing, but uh, if you can draw it, I'll put it on the merch store. Oh, I got You're going to have to be more specific. I can do a circumcised, uncircumcised, <laughs> just, you know, fucking hard, soft, semi. Legman, our superhero here. That's That should be a superhero name, Legman. Oh. Legman came to the rescue. It was in many senses a radical, you think? But never really identified with the movements of his time. Ironically, decrying the sexual revolution, though claiming to have invented the phrase, make love not war, he, he claims he came up with that, make love not war, and sharing some strong opinions about rock and roll, the use of psychedelics and women's liberation that would surely get him canceled had he had shared them today. He is credited as having made research into erotic folklore and erotic verbal behavior academically respectable. It's also credited with having invented the vibrating dildo when he was only 20. Is that right? See, that is the most interesting thing about the dude so far. And that's like buried all the way at the end. Of yeah, because yeah, now he's like a fucking engineer. Yeah. yeah, I could see it. So the dude's got paper cuts. He can't masturbate. So he invents a fucking self-service gizmo. I totally see it. Well, he, oh, he just says he invented it. So, I mean, maybe some corporation just kind of took that and ran with it. He didn't really get any money off of it. You know, you bring up a good point. It actually says he was credited with inventing it. Did he tell everybody that he invented it, even though he didn't invent it? <laughs> that sounds like this guy's move. Yeah, you know, the them dildos that uh, move? That was me. That was me. That was me. <laughs> like, that was his pickup move. Hey, you know that uh, the dildo the moves? Yeah. No, right here. Right I here. don't doubt that, and I bet he moved to that pickup line after he found out going... Hey, you know, uh, I'm the guy who invented masturbation. Just didn't work for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do we have any idea what erotic folklore is? I'm picturing like Beowulf, but like a fan fiction version with lots of unnecessary fucking. Is it stuff like that or what the hell no, is it? It's what it is, is there's like the legend of nymphs and all the sexy D&D characters in the monster manual. There's there's all sorts of like selkies and bog hags. And I feel like somebody's I, playing a piccolo in there somewhere for some right? reason. I really would look if there's any rantings of this guy yelling about rock and roll and psychedelics. <laughs> And meanwhile, he's got all this perverted shit that he's into. Like, I would love to see that. Just some old perverted guy being like, ah, this Elvis Presley with his hips. <laughs> would, you, would you turn that noise off? I'm trying to look at my origami dicks over here. With so all this Tom, gyration. So Tom can take us home on this last one here. Leg man. <laughs> died in France on February 23rd, 1999. A week after suffering a massive stroke. A week after suffering a massive stroke to his dick, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Years later, in 2016, his third wife, Judith Evans, made available for on-demand printing Legman's autobiography, The Peregrine Penis. <laughs> that was his autobiography, The Peregrine Penis? Okay, I think that explains how he had three wives. I think that's, that's a reference to how fast he came. I think he was a yeah. <laughs> If only he had listened to our podcast and done a Rude Girl Goldberg. Rude Goldberg machine, yes. <laughs> 
The title was a nickname given to him by an old girlfriend on account of the fact that he, quote, used to travel to meet her in strange places, unquote. What the fuck? Peregrine, she was being nice or lying outright. <laughs> Peregrine is the thing that travels. To, did he travel to these strange places incredibly fast and in a diving <laughs> way? It's, it was because everywhere he showed up, he had that leather mask on his eyes. That, that wouldn't be a bad title for 90 Day Fiance, actually. The Peregrine Penis. <laughs> this is the second podcast in a row, Carlos. Is bro- no, third podcast in a row. We've talked about 90 Day Fiance. Yeah, I haven't told you guys, but I have a product placement deal with 90 Day Fiance where I got to bring it up at every podcast. <laughs> Evans okay. released the 600 pages in two volumes under the toned down title, Fuck This Guy Was Crazy. Oh, wait. No, it says... Uh, <laughs> I love you. I really do. Oh, wow. fuck that. I think that's, she forgave him after he was dead and she forgot exactly how annoying he was always making origami pussies <laughs> and fingering them in front of her going, Hey girl, wanna, wanna, after yeah, he spent for a couple of years, she was like, no, I love you. I really do. Even she though was came- broke. The dementia kicked in. <laughs> I love you. I really do. <laughs> was the original pocket pussy was the fucking origami paper pussy. <laughs> The fucking so paper guy, cuts just drove it out of business. So this guy invented the vibrating dildo, mastered origami, helped lead the beatnik generation, and apparently had an amazing penis personified by a peregrine. So what do you think, guys? Does he make our indecorous Hall of Fame? I'll give it to him. Fuck it. Even though he hated rock and roll and psychedelics, I think that actually makes him fucking more unique because, you know, <laughs> obviously you would think... That he would dig that. She's like, nah. You know what? They they probably thought they were stealing his thunder. He was like, man, I was fucking psychedelic rock and roll before psychedelic rock and roll even existed. Wait, 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 wait. You know what this guy is? So he wrote that Beatnik magazine and he hated rock and roll. You know why? Because he fucking loved jazz. He was that douchebag. No, oh, he was the, oh, the jazz right. rock and roll guy. Yeah. All right, take it back. Get the fuck out of our Hall of Fame. Yeah. Potential <laughs> yeah, level on this guy. I can smell it the from a mile away. The original jazz purist. Wait, I'd, I'd have to hear his opinions on women's liberation first. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Bobby judges who goes into the Indecorous Hall of Fame every time. But I just, I love the legs. I'm a leg man myself. So I think, I think leg man, I think he's going to get my vote on the name alone. So what do you got, Carlos? You, you're a yes, and Bobby's probably a no. Tom, to break the tie. It actually isn't a tie, but sure, Tom, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Got both the suspense, bro. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what? To break this tie, I'm going to once again abstain. (laughs) (laughs) Tom and the Switzerland of indecorous comedy. (laughs) No attention to the gold in my bank accounts. (laughs) Put the the stain in abstaining. All right, so smooth as fuck segue coming up, boys. Final topic of the week, Pornhub comments of the week. Each week, we heroically watch hundreds of hours of porn just to find these gems. The noble task of sitting through countless hours of bukkake, cuckolding, and paraplegic porn just to find you the best Pornhub comments of the week. It's this week's Pornhub comments of the week, University. (laughs) Exactly. Bobby can take his on this first one here. So this comes to us from WTF Am I Watching For? Oh, that's Mark Maron. (laughs) (laughs) 
Shout out to Mark Maron. Thank you for commenting on Pornhub. Boomer lives. Follow podcaster. Between our podcast and WTF, there's over 5 million listeners. <laughs> True. Uh, anyone have any tips on how I can shoot myself without making noise? Then Thick Rib. I like that. That's a good one. That's another one of my favorite podcasts is Thick Rib Podcast. Shout out to Thick Rib Podcast. Between uh, Thick Rib Podcast and this podcast, you have over five listeners. <laughs> That's if all of the hosts are listening. <laughs> uh, Thick Rib says, the anal cavity is a natural silencer. And uh, that is not true. I disagree, Bobby. Let's go into the science on this one. <laughs> silencer goes onto the end of the barrel of a weapon. Your ass goes onto the end of a barrel of a weapon. The point of a silencer <laughs> is that it dissipates the gases released after the explosion of the bullet in such a way as to slow down both the velocity of the bullet itself and the explosive sound of those gases, much like your asshole would if you were to buckwheat yourself. I'm seeing the parallels, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think Thick Rib is right. The anal you think cavity. this holds water? <laughs> I, just, I honestly, though, is originally my first thing I thought it was like, all right, yeah, you can shoot yourself up the asshole, but you... Good luck dying. I mean, it's going to be, even if you do die, it's going to be a slow, painful death. But the question was just shooting yourself. The, the, the question didn't ask for what is the best way of killing yourself with a gun. It was just shooting yourself and silence it. So if your whole thing is, I just want to shoot myself, then yeah, shove that shit up your ass. Yeah. We all watch things to do in Denver when you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then just take 14 hours to die. All right, Carlos has got this next one here. Uh, this next one comes from Demo Defying. I made an account at 3 a.m. and verified my email just to tell you guys that there is a pussy fart at 1124. Uh-oh, <laughs> fart pussy. Not every hero wears a cape. Yeah, That's right. Man. True hero. And this is from uh, Five Meses Atrás, which is Spanish for five months ago. So we've had this warning for a hot minute, so there's no excuse to see the pussy fart, boys. Man, so what do you guys think about the pussy fart? Myth, urban legend, or real? Definitively is, is it, real. Yeah, because there's some dumb people out there that say, oh, they're just farting and they just are trying to blame it on their pussy so they can really blame it on the guys for pounding the puss too hard. You ever I, do I, that I thing when you were a kid where you put your hand under your armpit and you made the fart yeah, noise? Oh, yeah. It's the same thing, but with your dick and their pussy. Yeah, I'm both for and against it. As you often are. That whole... The hand under the armpit, that's how I lost my virginity. <laughs> Still counts. All right, and Tom can take us home on this lesson here. Shrek is sexy, says, Hey, guys, I was at my girl's house. I'm 13. All right, I'm out. And I was leaving. And as I left, she hugged me <laughs> and kissed me on the neck. I know this isn't much, but it's huge for me. Thanks for listening, because this is where I feel comfortable sharing this. To which Jasmine Lorene replies, Showing my pink pussy lips, add me on Snapchat if you're horny. It's Lucy91. <laughs> emoji, emoji. All right, guys, give me a second. I got to add Jasmine Lauren to my Snapchat. Yeah, if she's going after 13-year-olds, you know she's fire. So this guy is, I'm calling him Guy. He's 13 years old and he's on Pornhub. It seems like Pornhub's age filters aren't working very well. 
Yeah, I think yes. calling him guy is a little presumptuous, Carlos. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Just from the sexist level. Yeah, so he, yeah, I don't know how this kid identifies. Yeah, it seems like it's an odd place to, to air the fact that you made it to first base or whatever the, the PG version of first base is. And then, of course, he's got the porn bot that automatically comments about the pink pussy. So. It does, it does I mean, make me wonder, and I don't know if we're going to get an answer because everybody's old as fuck on this podcast, but I know when the internet first hit, I was about, well, when it got popular, I was about 17, 18. And all the websites would say, it's like, hey, are you 18? And then you'd be like, yes. But yeah. is that still the only barrier between <laughs> children watching porn? Like, have we developed that technology any since my I teenage mean, years? Cap or is it still CAPTCHA, captcha occasionally comes up. But that's more of like a challenge question of, can you tell if this is a sidewalk or not? You know? Yeah, just point out the traffic light to get to the porn. CAPTCHAs <laughs> at this point are just going to weed out old people that can't figure out how to solve CAPTCHAs. <laughs> So here's the thing with, with this stuff is if you go to a certain place in Reddit, you can find out what professional sex workers have to say about stuff. And yes, there are, on that sub. there are several places where they talk about the verification processes they use to make sure you are not a cop and you are of age and that you could possibly afford them and shit. <laughs> so the answer to your question is both yes and no. <laughs> that, that's what that, that's very reassuring oh man that's an awesome callback by the way callback to bobby d's original comment yeah we, we actually did a we did a podcast on the sex worker sub on reddit and we had one of our field experts share some experiences as a former sex worker himself ian is our reddit guy ian's so good at the reddit he got us banned from reddit for yeah, some dude, shit i got us banned from reddit fucking history apparently those guys are little fucking pussies Another uh, story for another podcast episode. But, hey, you know. no, wait, wait. No, we need to go into that just a little bit because I recently passed the bar exam for Karma Court. So if you need an attorney to represent you, I am fully certified. Uh, dude. Dude, you want to be Indecorous Podcast official attorney? I will be your official Reddit attorney. Hell yeah, there we go. As your attorney, I advise you to drink more. <laughs> it's really weird because usually when you do some dirty shit on Reddit, they fucking delete your post send you a nasty gram, and then you just argue with them until they just stop responding. This was just like, first fucking time, it was just like banned. And then, then we had to basically take our content we were trying to post on Reddit, and that became the first, the first ever Atrocity Olympics, because they essentially yeah. accused me of the Atrocity Olympics. They said that's what I was doing, was basically using the history sub as a place to kind of do the Atrocity Olympics. And all we were trying to do was shamelessly self-promote. <laughs> <laughs> and it was called an atrocity. <laughs> uh, as your attorney, I will say that uh, the vagaries of the language in some of these subreddits rules is unconstitutional. And <laughs> it's an atrocity in itself trying to figure out if shameless self-promotion is encouraged on this sub or not. The most clear subs on it are actually the pornographic subs, which state it very clearly History, not a pornographic sub. I rest my case. <laughs> I, love it, man. I have a feeling this is not the last time we're going to have to I'm, consult I'm back you, with you, Tom. Yeah, I think we'll definitely get banned on Reddit many more times. So, Tom, you got anything you want to plug, promote? Well, wait, I think Bobby, Bobby, didn't you have something to say? Oh, shit. Uh, it's, it's gone. I just, I was, I was blown away by what Tom just said. The magic I don't, moments I don't understand it. I don't know what happened, but I feel a little smarter having heard it. <laughs> That's how he seduces you, bro. The good thing is, the good thing is not a dwarf. 
<laughs> so uh, Tom, you got anything coming up you want to plug or promote? I will be on Reddit very soon, defending and prosecuting <laughs> the enemies of the Indeclorious podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Is that a different podcast? <laughs> close, close enough. Close enough. Yes. The amount of whiskey in the Indeclorious podcast. Yeah, we try to get Tom to lay off the whiskey, then he started biting us. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I do. You got any social media handles or anything? My Twitter handle is at Tomedy Comedy. Follow me online if you want to see me get freaked out at a bar very drunk late at night and uh, scream on Twitter at people who are actually in the bar who I don't want to have to fight. Yeah, I might need your help. There's uh, quite a few people that want to fight me on Facebook. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's quite a legion of people that want to <laughs> kick my ass on Facebook, so I might have to call in old Tom Hand to bite some people for to, me. To throw some Tom Hands. That's yeah, dude, right. Carlos has been causing trouble on the internet lately, let me tell you. He's getting some nasty grams. So, Carlos, you got anything you want to promote or do you want to talk about your internet battles? Nah, that's for another day. I mean, if I make it that far. But I'd like to promote my social medias again. Twitter, at Carlos underscore Valencia. CarlosVComedy.com is my website. All my shit is on there. And walk your cat. Bobby, you got anything? I told you last week that I will let you know. All right. Each week, the anger in your voice increases and gets more forceful. All right. Final topic of the week, Pornhub Comments of the Week. Each week, we heroically watch weeks of the best Pornhub Comments of the Week. The second university to the second one.